0: Here we are back again for a crossover Thursday. Very excited to dive into this week four crossover. We have me, host of the Locked on Titans podcast, Tyler Rowland. We have John Butchko from the Locked on Jets podcast. We are going to get you guys ready to go for the matchup coming up this weekend. And I know that some people think the game will go a certain way, but me personally, I do think it'll be much closer than some are expecting. This is a great place to get ready to go for the Titans versus Jets game coming up On Sunday, we're going to break down every angle of this game. We're going to update you guys to start on some injuries and and how the rosters are looking and what the teams are looking like heading into this game. Then we are going to transition into question time. And John is going to ask me some questions about the Titans. I'm going to ask John some questions about the Jets. And all of that will result in you being as prepared as possible for this matchup. Make sure that you subscribe to the Locked on Titans podcast. On whatever platform you do stream, subscribe to the Locked On Jets podcast on whatever platform you do stream. And remember, you can find either of those shows on every platform and always free. But John, first and foremost, thank you for uh, joining the Crossover Thursday. And how are you doing this evening? Well,
1: Tyler, I think we both had a pretty rough Wednesday. There was some pretty key injuries that were reported on both teams.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're right. It's uh, it's funny how the the injuries for both teams kind of match up in terms of the matchup that we're going to see on Sunday. But, John, why don't you go ahead and, and fill in the listeners as to what kind of injury issues the Jets are dealing with this week.
1: Well, you know, Jets fans, one day I'm going to give you some good news. Unfortunately, that day has not come so far in <laughs> 2021, and it's not going to be today because Marcus May is out three to four weeks with an ankle injury. Ian Rappaport reported the news yesterday Jets have a very inexperienced secondary, and they already lost one of their starting safeties, LaMarcus Joyner, for the year. That injury happened week one against Carolina. Now, there's some good news. Ashton Davis did return to practice yesterday. Davis was a third round pick out of Cal last year. He also plays the safety position. He was supposed to be the number three safety. So we'll see what his status is for this game. But May was the team MVP last year. He is the franchise player. He's off to a strong start this year. Now, Had a few rough moments week three against Denver, but arguably the best player on this defense, a very steady guy in the back of the defense. He was playing a little bit closer to the line more this year. He was making plays. As I said, you know, Jets at corner, a bunch of first and second year guys who have held up pretty well. I think having a veteran presence like May back there has helped stabilize things. Maybe the one thing that's kind of a silver lining, maybe it's not a silver lining as much as it is this could be worse, is that because the Jets have such a young secondary, they're not showing a lot of exotic looks where losing a safety like May of veteran presence will prevent people from getting lined up correctly. It's a defense that's pretty been pretty basic so far this year. But look, this is a Jets team that's had a lot of issues on both sides of the ball, more on the offense than the defense. And one of the reasons for that is because of Marcus May's play. And it's Tough to lose him. It's going to be a rough three weeks for the Jets. I think that there's no question about it. He's one outside of Carl Lawson, who they've already lost to the season. May was probably the guy on this defense could least afford to lose. So we'll see what the Jets can do. But Tyler, I know the Titans are also dealing with some key injuries. And, you know, just as the Jets lost somebody in the secondary, the Titans could be without some key players in the receiving core.
0: Yeah, I, I think if uh, if there is a silver lining for Jets fans, it's that while the secondary is depleted with injuries right now, the Titans' wide receiver core and pass catcher core is depleted as well. AJ Brown left Week Three game against the Colts with uh, a hamstring injury, and then Julio Jones didn't play much in the fourth quarter and at the end of the game. And Mike Vrabel said that it was just maintenance and this and that, but now. Julio Jones missed practice, did not participate on Wednesday with a hamstring injury as well. Earlier in the week, we got reports that A.J. Brown was going to be week-to-week with that hamstring injury, which to me, if you're week-to-week and not day-to-day, that means that you're probably not going to play in the upcoming week. And then Julio Jones is going to be day-to-day, but... I think that the way that Mike Vrabel handles injuries being a former player, there's a very good chance that he'll want to keep Julio Jones healthy for the long haul, and that means that we probably won't see Julio in this game. If Mike Vrabel was willing to sit Julio out when he was dressed at the end of the game against their division rival, the Indianapolis Colts, when it's a one-score game early in the fourth quarter, then he sure as heck is going to be willing to sit Julio out for a game that he doesn't get prepared for and isn't dressed for and doesn't practice for. So I think there is a very good chance that the Titans are without A.J. Brown and without Julio Jones. And like you mentioned with the rest of the guys in the Jet secondary, I don't think that there is a... a even even if we went to a, a deep knowledge NFL fan who doesn't follow the Jets or the Titans directly and you ask them to name a wide receiver on the Titans outside of Julio and A.J. Brown or you ask them to name a secondary member on the Jets outside of Marcus May, I bet that we couldn't even find a smart NFL fan, not a casual, a smart NFL fan to be able to give us those names. So the silver lining for the Jets is, although their secondary is banged up, they might see a similar talent level from the Titans pass catching group. And that may negate that issue for the jets going into this week for matchup. But John, I did have one question for you. Um, You may bounce that back off of me just related to the injuries. You mentioned the other injuries that the jets have experienced this year uh, on defense. What are the other major injuries that, that they had early this season?
1: The big ones, Carl Lawson and, I mentioned it before. Carl Lawson, I think, was the one unreplaceable part on this defense mm-hmm. because if you look at the way this defense is constructed, as I mentioned, very inexperienced corner group, which means lots of soft cover three. You're not counting on your corners to really press the line of scrimmage. So, in order to deal with what they deal with the issues that come from that in the flat, because you don't really have corners playing down low, they decided to make their linebacker core speedier. They had C.J. Mosley lose weight in the offseason so that he could move quicker. They actually drafted a couple safeties in the late rounds of the NFL draft, converted them to linebacker. In fact, Keanu Neal, who was a longtime safety, Mm -hmm. they tried to sign him this offseason. So obviously there was a plan in place to get faster at the linebacker position. And again, I think that's because they're not going to be able to press much. So they have to have people who can get to the flats. But of course, if you get faster, sometimes that means you're not as big. And right. the way they're combating that, because those linebackers are small, they're going to have a tough time shedding blocks. Is They got big on the defensive line. So even though it's a four-man defensive line, it's kind of built like a 3-4 unit because they have three big guys in there. John Franklin Myers is playing defensive end. He's playing at the end of this four-man line, but he's 290 pounds. He profiles as more of kind of an interior type lineman. So really, they only have one edge rusher on the field at any given time. That was supposed to be Carl Lawson. He like every, anybody else, I think you can find a replacement for Quinnen Williams had a great second season. He mm-hmm. started to show signs of life last week, had a sack and a half against Denver, but they have talent on the interior. They have Sheldon Rankins, a former first round pick out of New uh, from New Orleans. They have Foley Fatukasi, a late round pick from a couple years ago, who has developed into a really good nose tackle. Carl Lawson's the one player they couldn't afford to lose. They made a trade for another loss in Shaq Lawson, who's a right. solid, solid enough player, but He's not Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson, you know, he didn't fill up the stat sheet with a ton of sacks. But if you look at his pressure rate, it was among the highest in the NFL. This was a guy they were really counting on. So other injuries have happened at the wide receiver position. They have not had Jamison Crowder all season. He had a bout with COVID before the start of the year. He's been dealing with a groin injury the last couple of weeks. He may be out. Elijah Moore is in the concussion protocol. He was a second round pick out of Mississippi, so they've been dealing with some injuries in other places. Elijah Vera Tucker, their rookie guard, missed training camp in preseason. He's back, but you can see that there are some chemistry issues from him missing all that time. But I think the biggest injury of all has been Carl Lawson so far this season. His loss has really been felt by by this unit. He suffered an injury. It was a Achilles injury, he he in the it right. happened in the practice, it happened in the joint practice against the Packers right before their preseason game. And this defense just changed after losing him.
0: Yeah, and I don't see how, how it couldn't. And Mikai Becton still hurt as well. So yes. a, a a lot of big injuries for the Jets. Just wanted there, to highlight that. There, there are so on. many
1: there are so many, Tyler, that I forgot those right. starting left tackles out. That's that's how I mean that's it, that's the situation it, for the Jets right now. There's so many that I'm going through the list and I can't even remember the left tackle has been missing the last couple of games.
0: (laughs) It's a lot to process and you kind of feel bad for Robert Sala in his first year dealing with all those injuries. But either way, we are going to talk more about this matchup, talk more about what the Jets are going to do to try to attack the Titans and vice versa. Before we get into that, do want to remind you guys that there is an incredible app that anyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. Right now, my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app. It's in the App Store or Google Play. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump ever again. Get cash back using Get upside just download the app for free use that promo code touchdown and you'll get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank some people who drive a lot are making up to as much as two three hundred dollars in cash back every month and there's no catch the cash back gets added right to your account you can cash out anytime directly to your bank account paypal or like any gift card for amazon just download the free get upside app use that promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank that is promo code touchdown on the free get upside app john time to dive back into this matchup and As I understand it, you're going to be asking me some questions about the Tennessee Titans. So let me get comfortable here in the hot seat and go ahead and take it away. I am ready to go. All right. Well, Tyler, we talked about
1: it in the first segment, possibly no Julio Jones, no A.J. Brown, who's going to play wide
0: receiver for the Titans in this game if those guys can't go? Uh, it is a, a nameless cast of characters, quite frankly, and uh, for Jets fans, I think you're going to get a heavy dose of Chester Rogers, number 80, caught a touchdown pass last week, but he also had a ball bounce off his shoulder pads as he tr- tried to catch it with his chest, and it bounced up in the air for Ryan Tannehill's second interception. Of the day, so you see the good and the bad with Chester Rogers. You're also going to get a heavy dose of Nick Westbrook-Akina, who also had a touchdown catch. He's a big-bodied guy, about six foot two, physical wide receiver. Not the best route runner, not a lot of speed, but like I said, he's a physical guy. He's going to catch the ball very solidly, take that hit. He's not a yards after the catch threat whatsoever, but he's a guy who's going to be able to execute what the Titans want on offense, especially. When we talk about run blocking, outside of Nick Westbrook, Akina, and Chester Rogers, the Titans could have Josh Reynolds back. He's been a healthy scratch. He's been injured. He's had an up and down start to his Titans career. Of course, Josh Reynolds, who played for the Los Angeles Rams for quite some time. So, those three guys are expected to make a big impact. The Titans got Marcus Johnson off IR. He really showed out in training camp. He's another one of those veterans, about six foot tall. Very, very good performance in training camp, but got placed on IR right after he made the 53-man roster. He returned to practice on Wednesday, but as you guys most likely know who are listening, the the injured reserve works in this way. You're on injured reserve for a minimum of three weeks, and then once you're brought back off injured reserve, there is a 21-day window for the team to actually activate you. So hopefully for the Titans, Marcus Johnson will be ready to go. If not, you're going to get Cam Batson. Who is a guy who's going to play? Racy McMath, a rookie out of LSU, is going to play. Basically, there's no way around it. It's a very piss-poor group. It's the worst group of pass catchers in the NFL. I think even if you had one of Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, it would be the worst group of pass catchers in the NFL. So if both of them are out, it most certainly is that. Now, the Titans are going to get back their number one pass-catching tight end, Anthony Ferkser. That should help. But overall, like I said, a nameless cast of characters. And I'll tell Jets fans this early. If Julio Jones is out of this game, which I think he will be, I think you're going to get a heavy dose of Derrick Henry because the pass-catching group is so toast. I don't think there's any way around that.
1: Now, Tyler, the Titans have a new offensive coordinator this year, Arthur Smith now the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. He was named Jets Mm -hmm. fans knew because he was in the mix to get the Jets head coaching job. Right. How different is this offense this season without Arthur Smith?
0: Well, I think Uh, the first game of the year, it was very, very different. The Titans had about 7% of their plays be play action, and as anybody who's watched the Titans over the last two years with Arthur Smith knows, the play action pass fake off of the Derrick Henry run is the bread and butter. That is what the Titans do. So a little bit of a a lack of play action early on, but since then, Todd Downing, the new offensive coordinator for the Titans, has really flipped that around. The Titans went 41% play action last week, so they're getting back to their, their average from previous seasons, which is about 35-36%, so that that is picking up, but what I would say is uh, Arthur Smith was very consistent, but I i am pretty encouraged by what Todd Downing has done schematically uh, in the passing game. He was a pass-happy coordinator when he was the offensive coordinator for the Raiders in 2017. They actually threw the ball the the third most of any team in the NFL that year and ran the ball 30th. Uh, least amount of times in the NFL. So Todd Downing does like to pass, and that means you're going to get some creative stuff in the passing game. The Titans are doing a good job using trips, formations with three wide receivers to one side. Todd Downing has done a good job of calling. uh, The type of route combination – That can beat certain coverages. You're seeing seams against cover three. You're seeing floods and levels and smash concepts against cover two. So I think Todd Downing is doing a great job diversifying the Titans passing game. Uh, While there has been a little bit of a lack of play action early because the Titans have been down in a lot of their, in the first two weeks of the season, I think that's kind of normalizing and Todd Downing is finding a stride there with a more normal game flow. But overall, this offense looks very, very similar. There's a little bit more to be excited about in the passing game, but I don't think there's a significant difference that would make a difference to opponents. You're probably going to game plan for the 2020 Titans in a similar way that you're going to game plan for the 2021 Titans. They're going to run the ball with Derrick Henry. They're going to play action off that. And that's still the core foundation of this offense, even with Todd Downing as the offensive coordinator.
1: Well, Tyler, my last question is just whether you can briefly take us through this Titans defense, tell us what they do well and what they do poorly.
0: Yeah, sure. So the Titans defense overall has been very good up front. Jeffrey Simmons, Denico Autry on the interior. They've had Harold Landry, who I just did a recent feature on, as their, their primary edge rusher. And they signed big-name free agent Bud Dupree in the offseason, but he's been dealing with his recovery from ACL injury last year. And in his place, another Pittsburgh Steeler transplant, Ola Adaini has really showed out for the Titans. He was expected to be just a special team stud and contributor there, but he's got three sacks on the year. He's been a consistent force for the Titans on the edge and, a lot of that has to do with the fact the way the Titans play defense. They don't just line up four guys and say, rush the quarterback, beat them with moves. The Titans do a ton of games and stunts and twists up front. You'll see linemen you know, shifting over while there's a loop behind them from Harold Landry. You'll see all kinds of twists between the defensive tackles up front. That's how the Titans like to create pressure. Along with that, the Titans try to disguise on defense. You talked about Robert Sala and some of the inexperience in the defense. The Jets aren't doing a lot of disguise and moving around a lot. They're just lining up and playing defense. Well, the Titans are the opposite of that. They want to confuse the quarterback. They want to roll safeties in the back end to change the coverage look from too high to single high, back and forth, in between. They run a ton of uh, invert cover two, where they'll actually take their inside slot guys and fly them back to the deep halves uh, right before the play starts. There are some vulnerabilities when you play defense like that. You can get caught in disadvantageous situations when you're trying to move your defense around a lot, but the Titans have been executing that very well. What I will tell the Jets is while they do a lot of zone blitzes and do some disguise stuff, when... When the cards are on the table, when it's not cut in time, the Titans will be playing man coverage. So that's what the Jets will look for a very defense, multiplicity up front, zone blitzes, twist games, and stunts. The Titans really do try to confuse their opponent, which. It's not as common as people think in the NFL. Some teams are definitely, line them up. You know what we're doing. We're still going to beat you. The Titans aren't that way. So they'll definitely try to confuse the rookie quarterback this year. But the group up front for the Titans has been very good. And then in the back end, Kevin Byard playing better football this year than he has the last two years. And Christian Fulton, second-year cornerback out of LSU, Has been an absolute stud this year. One of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. So I would imagine he'll get a majority of the work on Corey Davis. And the Jets should maybe be able to find some openings elsewhere. But we are going to transition the episode to me asking John some questions about the Jets. Very excited to get into that. Before we do get into that though, I do have to tell you guys about our friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving online customers for over 20 years. They have everything you need for your vehicle. You can quickly see all the different brands, specifications and prices that you prefer. A few easy clicks going to get you whatever you need delivered directly to your door. Their website Is really easy to use, really easy to navigate, so go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and make sure you write LOCKED ON in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Also, have to tell you guys about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. They're the number one spot for all the pro and college football this fall. They have a brand new updated site with a clean interface. They have updated odds, props, and contests all football year long from football to basketball to hockey, to baseball, to boxing, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Make sure you check out betonline.ag, and when you sign up for free, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word, LOCKEDON, and you'll get a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's free money from betonline.ag with promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. John, our final segment of the day. I'm gonna ask you some questions, put you in the hot seat here and and get your thoughts on this Jets team and I'm gonna start with the offense and of course you have the new rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson and while I think things probably aren't all on him, why don't you tell us what he's struggling with and why the offense is, is having so many struggles early on?
1: Oh, man, that that's a tough place to start. Good question, uh, right? You know, I mean, a lot the, to go the on. The Jets are on three right now, so there aren't really many good places you can go. Right. It's been a, a big struggle. He threw four interceptions at week two against New England. I thought all mm-hmm. four of them were on him. I and I think there was only one of them you could argue maybe wasn't on him. That was a ball that hit your old friend Corey Davis in the hands, but it right. was a tough, it was not an easy catch for Corey Davis. He was trying to force balls into traffic. Now, if you watched him last year at BYU, you could tell that there were moments where his decision-making was not great, and he got away with some throws that were mainly because he was playing against college-level defensive backs. And I remember in the lead-up to the draft, I said, you know something? There are going to be some struggles in the NFL because he's going to try and make some of these throws when he gets to the pros, and it's just not going to work. And that's what's happened. I think that there's a bit of hesitancy I think any rookie, there's a natural transition. The game is just faster. Last week against Denver, there were probably five or six plays where I saw him maybe double clutch on a throw where he had a window. He had an open receiver, but he just kind of wanted to make sure that the window that there was a passing lane open. And you can't do that in the NFL. In the NFL, the windows close very quickly. So, you know, some of it's rookie struggles. I think one of the things he really struggled with at BYU was stepping up in the pocket. Wilson was interesting because I, I watched every snap of his at BYU leading up to the draft. And right his pocket movement is not that I would say it was bad, but it was that he was good going going east to west. If he got pressure and he was flushed left to right, he was really good and he could throw on the move. But stepping up in the pocket, that was an issue. Sometimes he was a little hesitant to climb the pocket and that's another thing that's manifested itself in the NFL. Now, what I'll say for him is week one against the Carolina Panthers, the Jets offensive line played a terrible game. He got hit constantly. And in the second half of that game, he did not back down. He stayed confident. He made some big throws. He extended plays. He hit some big passes and led the Jets, got the Jets back into a game that it looked like they were going to be blown out of. So it's not all bad, but it's not really, nothing around him has really worked that well so far this season. I think the offensive line has been bad two out of the three weeks. The receiving core has not been great. Corey Davis had a great week one against Carolina, but the last two weeks, he has not come up with some plays that were there to be made. The jets gave him a big contract in free agency. They were expecting him to be the number one receiver. So it's not all on Zach Wilson, but some of this is, some of these are just rookie bumps in the road. Other things that are things that were on the tape at BYU that he just has to improve on.
0: Yeah, I I, I think that's fair. And I think like, Trevor Lawrence, we're seeing a lot of interceptions from him. These are guys who haven't lost a lot in their lives, and their teams are down, they're losing, and they're trying to make plays, and they're probably trying to do a little bit too much. But uh, Zach Wilson... He, I mean, the Titans' pass rush was awful last year. It's been improved this year. But you never know without Bud Dupree that the Titans could slide back into that. So if Zach Wilson has some time, maybe he'll be able to make some throws. But I do have to mention, you're right on about Corey Davis. And this was, there was a lot of debate in Tennessee Titans' community during free agency about whether to bring back Corey Davis and Jonu Smith. And I said with both of those players that they're – going to be overpaid. And Corey Davis even said at his press conference today, the Titans did not offer him a contract. They didn't even try to bring him back. And it did bother him a little bit. And I think a lot of that has to do with the price tag. And like you said, there are plays to be made. And Corey Davis is a good wide receiver. I just don't think he's a great wide receiver. And that may cause some problems for the Jets down the road. But Zach Wilson's going to need time to to make that work. Anyways, I want to get you out of... Out of the sad place of talking about the Jets offense, though, and the Jets defense has not been bad, and you would expect that from Robert Sala, who's a, a really smart defensive guy who's the head coach now. Uh, what are the Jets doing right on defense that has allowed them to to kind of bottle up guys on the ground and and, and do pretty well in pass coverage as well?
1: Well, Tyler, let's just pretend Week Three did not happen. Let's focus Fair on enough. Week One and Week Two because Week yeah. Three was not a good performance. They right. Did not do a good job. They lost in the trenches. They allowed. They missed some tackles. Um, there really wasn't that much good you could say about Week Three. Now, if you look, actually, it's funny because if you look at the actual stats in that game, it looks like their run defense was okay. But a lot of that was improved in garbage time when the Broncos were trying to run the clock out. Jets knew they were going to run the ball. The first half, the Broncos ran all over them.
0: Okay.
1: What they've done well, we're now we're pretending we three didn't happen. I think what they've done well is limit the big play. I mentioned this earlier. It's a pretty conservative system. You see lots of soft cover three, and what they've done is when the passes have been completed in front of them, they've rallied to the football. They've the corners have been willing tacklers. The linebackers have shown range. Another thing that I love is you see elements of what you saw in seattle which is where robert salad one of robert Sala's early coaching jobs he was there during the legion of boom and of course with san francisco one of the Mm. things i loved about those teams is that when the first guy's making the tackle there's always a second guy coming in and a third guy coming in to help him out to make sure that the tackle's not broken the defensive line is a strength of this unit now i mentioned they lost carl lawson not having an edge rusher hurts but are getting very good play out of john franklin myers he's the 290 pound defensive end i was telling you about he's Mm -hmm. done a good job pressing the pocket he's not a guy who's gonna get around the edge that frequently but he can collapse the pocket you have sheldon Rankins, who i think is playing pretty well he was a free agent signing from the saints i mentioned Fatu fatukasi as well and now we're gonna have to change our rule because the first two weeks quinn and williams was not really making that much of an impact but last week he had a week and a half so the third-year player out of Alabama is kind of coming to life. Listen, there have been hiccups. Week one, they allowed a long touchdown to a former Jet, Robbie Anderson. Week two, they, there was a play where New England scored a touchdown. The Jets missed seven tackles on the play. So it hasn't always been consistent. But generally speaking, you've had a team that's prevented the big play and tackled pretty effectively, played pretty good fundamental football.
0: Well, that tackling and that fundamental football is going to be tested by one Derrick Henry because I have good news for Jets fans. The yards after catchability of the pass catchers in this game for the Titans, not going to be NFL caliber. So it's pretty much going to be a night and day difference between the wide receivers and tight ends that you have to tackle, and then the big dog in the backfield, and it seems like, based on what you're saying, if the Jets can bottle up Derrick Henry and and gang tackle him, they might have a pretty good chance to stay in this game, but it's going to be Interesting to watch. John, thank you so much for joining me on this crossover Thursday to get our listeners ready to go for this matchup. Make sure that you check out the Locked On Jets podcast on Friday. Check out the Locked On Titans podcast on Friday as well as we continue preparing you for this game. John, I just want to say quickly before we go, uh, my prediction for this game, I don't know if I have a score exactly yet, but I think... I think this is going to be within four points. I actually think the jets keep it very close and I think they have a great chance to stun the Titans here in a trap game. What's your, I guess not asking for a prediction or anything, but what's like your confidence level that the jets might be able to steal this one.
1: Well, Tyler, you need to understand that I have picked the jets two or the three weeks and they've made me look bad. And then even last week I did not pick them, but I thought they played better. So my confidence level is low. Maybe I'm just trying to do the reverse jinx and, By the way, I I have two things against the Tennessee Titans, by the way. The first thing is that I was at a game on a Monday night, 2005, week 16, where Mike Vrabel Mm -hmm. is against the Patriots. Mike Vrabel, who's a linebacker, catches two touchdown passes against the Jets. Right. The Patriots put them in a tight end. The second issue I have with your team is that you guys are kind of like the other end of the Adam Gase spectrum, where you reap the rewards of Adam Gase, whereas we had to (laughs) suffer for two two years. Right. So I have. So I'm haven't i don't want to say i dislike your team but i have a couple bones to pick with your with your guy so a win, a win if the jets somehow figured out to how to win on sunday it would be kind of sweet but listen i think this is a tough matchup for the jets i think obviously the titans losing those receivers gives them a better shot i think that if the titans look past the jets you know if this turns into the classic trap mm-hmm. game then who knows but I've just been burned three times by saying the Jets are going to play well and they haven't. So, right. I'm going with the Titans again. Maybe this is partially a reverse jinx, uh, but I'd love to be wrong. I think that this is going to be a tough game for the Jets.
0: Well, you say that it's going to be a tough game for the Jets. I say that it's a trap game for the Titans and we will see whose reverse jinx powers are the strongest, but John, thank you so much for joining me here. It's another crossover Thursday from the Locked On Podcast Network. Check out the Locked On Titans podcast. Check out the Locked On Jets podcast. And thank you so much for making us your first listen every day. We'll see you guys on Friday.